Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. Oh, 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 oh. It's extreme rewind time. Oh, dramatic pause and continue. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Arena Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme hardcore TV, ECW, from week one all the way to 401, and pay-per-views and specials in between. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Super J. Big, Super J, I've been promoted. Big J, cool. Yep, it's happening. <laughs> We're getting, we're getting into it. Um, we are in... Snap to it! <laughs> Slap into extreme. We are in September 1996. Episode 178, 179, and 180s. We edge towards 181. Only three episodes this week. I wonder why. Maybe we'll find out later. Let's listen and find out. Oh, exciting. Um, yeah, we start off, obviously, the 17th of September, 1996. Like I said, episode 178. The show starts off with Sandman cleaning house. Everyone's getting caned. It's like the glass breaking before the glass breaking. Cane breaking. Cane breaking. Yes, now um, we're familiar with this. Still cool again for the live crowds. Always amazing. So decent, decent way to start the show. We then get yeah. to a somewhat weird thing of Tyler Fullington's seventh birthday party, introduced by Joey Styles. So we go over to this um, handheld recorded segment. Meanie comes down dressed as a clown, and it's a pretty damn scary-looking clown. It, it's terrifying. Meanie is terrifying as this clown. Yeah. Um, it's it's the 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 face paint's actually fairly reminiscent of Gracie. for me. I, um, yeah, Gacy's is a good shirt, but I was thinking more around um, kind of the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously not influenced by either way, but um, there, there's kind of a, a, a like a, a craziness to how the, the 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 mouth paint has been put on um, that that reminded me a lot of kind of the Heath Ledger Joker kind of thing. Yeah, no, so I, I think it was um, yeah, because obviously it looked had a similar look to Pogo the Clown from XPW. Yeah. Obviously, he came along a lot later on, but um, yeah, which all had the very, as you said, the the John Wayne Gacy kind of exactly. So I don't know if it was a, a gentle sort of touch, but yeah, no, it wasn't all just a ECW rush job. You never can tell. 
<laughs> but but it, we're it, analysing this, and there's probably no fault at all. <laughs> they just I have mean, three colours. Wonder why Meany didn't do something. Yeah. That way, but then again, you know, Blue Dust has kind of been and gone, and um, his horizons. But yeah, so. Um. So yeah, basically, did did that. It was it's kind of a weird. Weird. Minnie was trying to be funny, but it wasn't funny. Went back to Joey in the studio. He basically asked, "Why the hell are we watching this?" I agreed. Fair question. Yeah, I thought, back we go. Thought <laughs> fair shout. So we're back for more. Yeah. Uh, he's basically he notices a present. His mum's like, oh, "It's from your dad." He's like, "Can I love presents? Can I open it?" He's all excited. Starts to open it, and it looks like a, a Power Ranger, Dragon Zord. I think yeah, that's why I thought. I mean, the Green Ranger was the coolest. So, you know, if you're going to try and win your child back from a cult-like figure, you go green. Dragon Zord's the way to go. go green. Uh, Raven Total Hill grabbed this from him and started just smashing it viciously. And, um, yeah, then cut back to Tyler doing Raven's pose. It was very cult, very freaky. Yeah, I mean, the Raven pose from Tyler was a little bit weird. It felt like a little bit of a weird kind of shot um so tyler's kind of uh with the meanie in the first segment was was getting cross because meanie wasn't funny and throwing cars at him and then it pans around and um uh laurie fullington peaches is uh sitting there staring at the tv that's just got static um so yeah a very weird kind of setup all the way through um yeah just it's it's kind of weird because obviously i i knew the the involvement because obviously I've seen bits of this story as we get into a couple of weeks when it actually where it started to air over here in the UK, but yeah. I never realised it was so culty. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of I think... felt very like Blair Witchy in the kind of just standing there. This that it was yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's kind of. Um kind of haunting a little bit but yeah yeah uh, kind of suggestions of of you know laurie maybe on some fast pharmaceuticals and things like that and um it's a very fucked up family um but it's yeah i it, it i think it works it does work it does work and again like we I, said it's the it, same they could if done right could happen Today, it's, it's, it's compelling. Yes. It's, um, it's weird. But it's good. Like I said, Bray, Bray um, could have done this with someone. He could have done this with Liv. Daniel could... Bryan and Birdie. Exactly. It was there. You know, it was just, it's, it's, it's raw. It's real and it grabbed people's emotions. So, yeah. Um, and then get Shane Douglas attacking the gangsters for no reason. Yep. It wasn't sort of really... Touched on ever again? Nope. Cool. Uh, well, so it, it, it it's touched on in the very last episode where Joey Styles says um, Shane Douglas has uh, is paying close attention to the gangsters. That's it. See, I had a little thing going through these. Well, I didn't know if maybe the Eliminators were getting lined up to be the triple threat. And, um, and obviously paths changed with people coming back, etc. But I don't know. It just it just seems 
So they mentioned something about Shane Douglas with the Eliminators or watching the Eliminators or liking the Eliminators. Mm. There was something. And, yeah. Obviously, Eliminators have history with everyone. That's the Shane Douglas. So he took out the Gangsters. Yes. A promo by the Gangsters, calling out Douglas and the um, Samoans again. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why the X's have been washed off the paint, off the bells. No. I mean, the whole thing was about, you know, them tagging these belts and, and you know, stealing, the, the, you know, they're, they're ours now. I've, I've tagged them. They're our property. So I'm not sure why, you know, the first thing you do when you get them is is to take that marking off. I would have thought that it kind of stayed on and then whoever was next would have kind of taken it off. Mm. Or, you know, maybe the eliminators would have taken it off, bearing in mind it was belts um so yeah just a bit weird for me that that's what they did with it do you think it sort of is almost like um when they get new champions the old champions keep the old belts kind of vibe in real life and they were given new belts and they just never thought about it i I did wonder whether they were new belts they look shinier but i i put that down to them not having paint on them. Um, I, I, it depends if you're asking kind of in a, a, a shoot way or in a, a work way, if that's kind of what they, uh, there's no, no evidence to suggest they do that in the, the, the world of ECW and money as it is and, and budgets as it is and bearing in mind how long they've been carrying around the broken ass belts that they did have. Um, I wouldn't think that they were being that generous. True. Yeah, I suppose maybe because I know WWE do it, but it might just be them that do it. Mm. So I don't think Impact do it. Even though they change the world title pretty much every time someone gets it. So it's like the same. Yeah, Um, yeah, so that that was a little sort of thing. Then we talked to Shane Douglas versus Lewis Piccoli. What is better than a win, lose, lose, win record? You get a TV title match. Lewis Piccoli's a very weird character. Um, he, you don't quite get what they're doing with him. Well, you said before, like, obviously, there was rumours that it was behind-the-scenes problems. And it kind of almost, like, feels that they saw all the ability in the world with him but they didn't really know yeah. they wanted to push him too far, but they wanted him out there, but they got annoyed with him kind of. This sort of tells that story. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably looking for that workhorse mm. in their ranks. You know, Scorpio, I don't think is around anymore. Jericho isn't. Um, I think Jericho's uh, still on like TV, even though he's spoiler. He's on Nitro at the moment. I mean, that's the, that's the world of their block recording, isn't it? Well, it's the same um, one we had with, um, Scorpio and some of the others, didn't it? They were like appearing. Brian Pillman, yeah, was still cutting promos, but he was on Raw. So I suppose they just fall for it's our footage, it's our footage. If we can give make people think that they're working for both companies, then why not? Mm. Or something. But yeah, I mean, uh, he's yeah. So I mean, they're looking for that workhorse, I think, and maybe they saw something in. Spicoli that they thought could be that guy, the next kind of in in that line of of 
Jericho, of Guerrero, of Malenko, yeah. that kind of field. Agreed. It's just, um, he's got a generic look though, isn't he? And I think it's a thing. He has. Um, he's a crater wrestler. And I know it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be an issue, but it just, it is. It just feels like someone strolling around waiting to get a gimmick. JT Smith had the same thing. Um, and don't be wrong, I didn't want Rad Radford, but it just felt like you know, Tommy well, Dreamer was similar when he started. Yes, I, and to a degree, almost I, a lot of them sort of are. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know whether it's waiting for their personality to come through, but it did feel like a complete hard reset from the Rad Radford gimmick of like, you know, let's take everything out and just boil him down to, you know, a shaved head, yeah. white white trunks off we go kind of thing yeah um it, it, it's it's a weird kind of um and it's not in any way shape or form but it's a weird kind of um par like parody to the young lions through the new japan dojo of you know black boots black gear black everything and then as you go through your journey and you go on your your travels and you go on your your sabbaticals and all the rest of it you get to start fleshing out and adding color and and you know creating a, a little bit more of a gimmick for yourself yeah no totally i mean i like to believe it's like that but like you said it's probably no it's not it's not <laughs> it's just it's it's it's, a, it's kind of a, a a parable but it's not it's not designed that way in any way shape or form yeah um yeah shag douglas picks up the win a fairly decent match not one to rush back and watch multiple times but um is all right and then we have a stretcher job. We have a stretcher job. So Shane Douglas's new gimmick is he hurts people, doesn't care, and might be breaking necks. We're not sure. Um, obviously, all out of the Pitbull One stuff. Gary Wolf. Um, for me, again, my my issue is. You know, we've seen the respect angle with with Luis Piccoli last week with uh, Damien Kane. Um, we've seen the respect angle with Luis Piccoli and Sabu. We're now seeing the stretcher angle with Luis Piccoli, like we saw with Sabu a couple of weeks ago, and and with with Gary Wolf and all that. And it, it they're all just too similar that I, I have no shit kind of reaction to you know there's no kind of to a stretcher in ecw because everyone's always stretched out in ecw and are fine straight away this is I it mean, though isn't it it's like we said with some of the other things it just felt like every week is like a hardcore everyone hates each other match for no reason but then one week you have no but this week they actually really really hate each other so it much feels, so they're shooting yeah, and it feels like it's the same with the stretcher thing. Everyone gets stretched out. I mean, like, but this time, I'm, I'm going to lower my voice because it's, it's a real stretcher. This time, he's really injured. It's, it's injured, injured, not just a stretcher. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the last big, big stretcher job was was obviously Tommy Dreamer after the the the, the prime time slam and the triple tables and all the rest of it. Yeah, and that was you know, and you followed him out with the the ambulance, and you followed all the people. Um, blah, 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 and, you know, all of that, and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and then we skip to him recording his comments about how he's un unhappy because he got thrown off the top of a building and he's got a little bit of a plaster on his face. 
Well, yeah. And it's literally like the next segment. Here's Tommy Dreamer for comment. Motherfucker, he's just been stretched out and they, they you know, thought he'd broken his neck. Yeah. You've not let any of that breathe. No. So, yeah, it just, it, it's a little bit overdone in, the, in you know, that, that kind of, you know, stretcher, 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 stretcher. It just feels like they're so desperate to cram it all in an hour. They're so desperate to hook people to come back the following week. It just sort of gets a bit... Yeah, a bit and we've said before, it's, it's you know, that head of its time in the sense that it's designed for social media. Social media. The gifts and the, 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 the buzz and the, um, you know, that, that viral element of it would have been, still is, when you see them pop up, would have been just breathtaking. Um, but, you know, it's this weird, I don't know, it, it feels like they're sending a million Valentine's cards on the hope that one of them lands and gets a reply kind of thing. Top yeah. Yes, it's a weird one. Um, was there a promo by Raven next? I can't remember. Me neither. So it was obviously a good promo if it was. Yeah. Oh, did we go straight to the room? We went straight to the room with Shane Douglas, Joe Gertner, and the other guy. Oh, of course, yes. And Gertner fired him, and he kept saying, "I may be fired, but you're not firing me." He's like, "You're fired." It's just, it was. Ugh. So this was Lance Wright. Yeah. Who was going to cut a promo? Who was going to interview Shane Douglas? Yeah. Gertner cut him off. Gertner's a heel now, proper full heel now. Yeah. Um, so uh, they then had a row, um, and Shane Douglas broke his neck and got him stretched out. Yeah. Because again, that's stretchers. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a way to end the show. Um, and then I think it's the next episode. Might be the third one, but I think it's the next one where Joey Styles. Uh, oh no, it's the third one. Um, says about him going to work for WWE. Yeah, I think it must have been in your houses or something. Sort of vaguely remember him, but don't. Um, yeah, so the 26th of September 1996, episode 179, starts off with Mexican Bel Alfonso or something. A joke that makes no sense because it's completely wrong people surrounding it. So it's Bill Alfonso's Mexican first cousin. And in a Dudley Boys style way, you know this because he's wearing a referee shirt like Bill Alfonso used to wear. Yeah, and kept saying right down the middle, right down the middle. Yes. And it didn't land and it wasn't anything. And it just felt, you know, you know when you're having to do like a, a group work activity and there's one idiot in the group who just kind of keeps derailing everything. Yep. It was just that whatever anyone else was doing, all the good stuff anyone else was doing just got lost because of this one idiot who they were trying to force this weird gimmick on for a reason that I'm just lost on. Yeah. And it was in a nothing situation as well. Yeah. It wasn't like he was refereeing a Sabu match and Sabu hit him or... No. There was nothing. It was it's an opening match which turned out to be the Sandman versus Devon Storm. There's no, no one was involved with anything. No. No, so... it doesn't link to anything else in the show. It links to Sandman coming out, getting beaten up and then beating people up. 
it doesn't link to anything Bill Alfonso is doing. It doesn't link to anything Taz is doing. It doesn't even tangentially link in regards to uh, Dr. Death. It doesn't link in regards to the next Taz Open Challenge. Uh. It doesn't link to uh, Sabu. It doesn't link to Rob Van Dam. It links to the Sandman, except it doesn't really. And the Sandman's not anything to do with any of those, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like you said, it sort of feels like a hilarious joke that um, the boys sort of popped for. But no one really... I don't know. Maybe it comes back and it's a thing, but... Yeah. Um, wait. So anyway, Sandman beat Devon Storm. Yeah, just I mean, so the whole thing is that you know he's lost his wife, he's lost his kid, he's lost his manager. Sad man stands alone, and he's against all these odds. Um, it's it's again this thing that a, a, a cane shot from the sad man is the same as seventy five cane shots from anyone else. Yeah. Um, nothing means anything. You know, the match doesn't finish until Sandman gets his cane and beats the shit out of everyone. Yeah. So, just, yeah, one of them. Uh, I was going to say promo by Shane Douglas, but it's basically highlights of all his previous digs about Pitbull. One. I, I do really like how quickly and easily Francine has clicked into this role. It's a massive pressure, um, but it's the first time she's actually had... A character in the sense yeah. that Stevie wasn't really given a chance to do anything. Um, Pitbulls, if they're screaming and pretending to be dogs and all this, she can't really fit in with that. It can't say the camera cuts to her and she's like, oh, 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 oh. I'm a dog. No, it was this it weird was, kind of she was, was wearing like uh, latex, like they were wearing latex and therefore they were the same. Yeah. Um, so but there's, there's just this real kind of connection between these two it's 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 they they've both managed to in no time at all feel as if they've both kind of lifted each other up a level straight away it's it's giving him a fresh coat of paint for promos no not really any references to other federations at the moment he's now just a complete asshole who's stolen this woman and is publicly airing that you know, he's sleeping with her and all this other stuff just to sort yep. of become a complete dick. And it's masterful. I love it. Greatest love story since Ross and Rachel. <laughs> it really is. Has there been a thing right now? 96, it would have happened. Is it finished? Yeah, it would be going because it finished about 2000, I think. Jesus. So, ongoing. ECW influenced friends. But, um, yeah, no, great work. Yeah, a lot of time for St. Douglas. Probably by the pit bulls. Probably opposite. Not happy. Shouting. Grr. Grr. Woof, woof. But then get JT Smith and Little Greedo in the ring. Before their match, they talk about the passing of Tupac. This would have been far more of a segment if they'd actually been able to play Tupac's music rather than whatever this dub was. Yeah. Um, because the dub was horrible. Dub um, was horrible. They didn't even try, really. I mean, you know, it's it, it's obviously meant to be them uh, with a two-pack song. Yeah. Um, the famous Sicilian two-pack. 
which is why they're they're sad and yeah. celebrating. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, just cool, yeah. Um, but obviously, they've named a gangster rapper, and that's enough to evoke the ire of the gangsters. Yeah. So uh, gangsters run out, and I think they legit beat the crap out of them. Yeah. yeah. They just um, dismantled them. And yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just, yeah. And the pins, I think it was Big Sal with them again. Yep. The original Big Sal. It is. Yes, he, he's Sal Graziano. Yeah, he's back. So that's good. His teddy bears are nowhere in sign, sight, but uh, he's there. Screaming legitimacy for the Italians. Super Invader 3. Oof. I remember. Jeez. Super Destroyer 3. Super, Super Destroyer, Destroyer 3. Wow. Jeez. Um, yes, yeah, Sabu and Rob Van Dam versus Doug Fodness and Phil Lafon. I called him that even though it's not his name in this because that's who he is. Dan Crawford. Dan Crawford. And, um, yeah, wow, dream tag match. Uh, Did it live up to your dreams? No. <laughs> that really good match, don't get me wrong. I felt it was obviously, if this had come in the latter years of Sabu and Rob Van Dam, sort of similar to where they faced um, Hayabusa in that, I think they would have been flying. But you can tell they haven't really teamed much. The chemistry wasn't there that fully. Felt like sort of two single wrestlers trying to find their feet as a tag team rather than a well oiled tag team. Yeah, it just it, you suddenly tripped over. It's kind of like not everyone was same, following the same PowerPoint etiquette, and suddenly there was a couple of slides that were completely different. You yeah, just, you suddenly just kind of like fell over into something different and then fell back into your normal thing. Yeah, it felt like. I know you shouldn't think like this, but it felt like they'd said, what about if we do this, this, and this, rather than they'd been doing it for X amount of years and matches together. But yeah. that being said, it was cool. Um, I mean, it kind of sort of worked for the storyline of the strange bedfellows yeah. style. You know, you, you've picked this random partner kind of thing. Um it was until, see, the match, it, it goes to time to withdraw. Yep. But um, the, the best bit where it really got me was when he hit a suplex. And Joey Styles straight was like, that's a Tazplex. Oh, that, I mean, that entire storyline underneath it. Oh, was. It, even if it wasn't there, it was just, again, really impressive. Just hold on a minute. That's not a suplex. That's a Tazplex. Taz has hired Phil LaFond and that to blah, 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 Sabu. And you just suddenly thought, it's so simple because they're just wrestling pretty much the way they wrestle. Yeah. But you're putting this extra level of it, of their hired guns. And Taz had told them what to do to weaken Sabu again. And I, I really, I thought that was decent. There's a good level to this match. Yeah, I, I think actually that was probably my favourite part of the match and it had nothing really to do with the match. It was, you know, they threw a, a, a suplex and, and Joey weaved this story in about him coaching yeah. them to, to dismantle Sabu and test w- which works with Sabu and um, and even down to the, the fact that it was a choke finish, you know, things like that. It, it was just all very cleverly layered. Um, 
and had nothing to do with the story of the match. No. But, or not the story in the match in the ring. More to the point. Yeah, but again, like we said before, it dragged you back to the story. It became a standalone match, but it was cleverly done. It, it felt deeper than that. And there was a reason that everything's happened and everyone's been lured. And Yeah, except one of the big things from the Sabu RVD feud was how Fonzie had told RVD how to target because of his neck. Yeah. And now RVD's but, with him. Yeah. And there's not really any kind of conversation about um, you know, it's not suggested that RVD's cheated Taz out of this or you know, has gone back on their, their arrangement or anything, yet obviously has. So it's, yeah, it's a bit stop-start. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But like I said, it was, um, yeah, it's clever. Yeah, I thought so, yes. Uh, and time limit draw, which, when it happened, didn't really surprise me. Massive team in all Japan. Couldn't see him yeah. losing to a makeshift team. I think it was a very good way of, of showcasing and protecting. That's what it was. It, well, all I, of it. I think the the um, the result wasn't the thing. It was a showcase of everyone and the undercurrent um, story. Yeah, and you know, it it, it kind of had that whole, you know, if Sabu and Taz, uh, Sabu and RVD were a little bit more on the same page, would they have been able to beat them? And you know, it was it was it was it was it was quite a good outcome. Yeah. Um, Sabu wants five more minutes. It looks like uh, Furnace and Crawford want five more minutes. The suggestion is that RVD is the one who hasn't said yes, um, and then Crawford and Furnace kind of uh, flip them off and walk away. And then what happens? The Taz, isn't it? Like Sabu and RVD sort of shake hands. Oh yeah, respect in that almost again. <sighs> was that it? Was that the, the all it took? Yeah, just had to be his dream partner for half an hour. For half an hour, he respected him. Um, well, I mean, he get... picked him as a mockery. I know. Then we've got um, quick Taz promo. Yep. Which is pretty decent. Again, angry. Good way to end the show. Just just left you with it. Yes. So, yeah. Obviously, Sabu jibes again, as always. We then go to the 1st of October, 1996. Episode 180. Show kicks off with Johnny Smith. Uh, did a complete rundown. Jay did of his whole life and career last week. If you want to go back and listen to that. Versus Absolutely. Taz. Uh, I was a little bit worried about this at first because I thought, wow, Johnny Smith, second match in ECW is getting fed to Taz. I was like, okay. But, but again, by the end, through clever commentary from Joey Styles, yeah. I was like almost sold on this. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, really, really good. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of bits of storytelling that they were doing with uh, Jericho about, you know, the Hart family dungeon and 
you know, that kind of uh, background. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the, the style that they get people to, to face Taz with. I like the fact that he doesn't destroy everyone, um, but still does win. Um, and I really liked the... Uh, so I know this is going to make me sound like a hypocrite, and I guess it kind of does. I like the way they did a respect angle style thing on this one. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very it, it's a it's a foreshadowing of um, beat me if you can survive if I let you. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I I let you tap out. I didn't choke you out. I let you tap out. I let you keep consciousness. I let you stand up. I let you let me break the hold make me break the hold yeah uh rather than choking you out and i loved that as a you know i respect you therefore i didn't put you to sleep i still beat you uh you you know you you were lost if i wanted to i could have put you to sleep but i respect you and therefore i didn't just choke you out yeah um and i prefer that to the you know what we've seen from Shane Douglas yeah, hey brother. and Sabu yeah. and hell of a competitor. Yeah. I've come back looking for the best and damn it. This is the best Axel rotten. Um, and then, to so give, yeah, then to give further to the story, Joey Styles said how Taz injured Smith in this causing Smith to miss a big all Japan tour costing him money. And now Smith is going to be fighting in a submissions match. So really Which, simple, again, straightforward. I understand why this is happening. Yes. Done. No, no problems for me. And uh, why Tad take the match? Because, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a worthy competitor. He's, he's you know, it's, 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 again, similar to what they did with the Jericho of like, you know, okay, well, in that case, I'll, I'll wrestle you. Yeah. So... I enjoyed that. Uh, Taz Prime with Bill Alfonso. Is this the one where basically Fonzie at yes. the end started trying to know you can't start the path of rage? Yep. I think it's one of the first times they've done it and I just, I like it. And suggests that he's going to uh, take his grievances with Sabu to a wider audience. Yeah, and this is interesting and this is the reason we're doing three shows this week because the next bit is quite significant it's going to cause us to sort of veer off slightly next week as following across the line we are going to cross the line because following this we get ecw fan footage which is just pay-per-view footage of um with a filter of ecw stars appearing at WWF in your house mind games i think it was yes and yeah it's obviously got the sam and tommy dreamer during the Xavier Vega, Bradshaw match, and Taz also appears during the Bulldog, Owen Hart, and that tag team title match. So this is something that we want to see, because obviously we're getting 10-second clips here. We want to go back, check out the event, and look at some of the roars that they appeared afterwards around that sort of time, and get a little bit of understanding and try and find out what this working relationship was. Yeah, and it's a great time to go across and have a look because, you know, Mankind's over there now so we can get to see, catch up with what Cactus Jack's doing. Yeah, uh, Austin's obviously over there. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's some familiar alumni who are in the WWF at this point 
so to go over and kind of see what what's going on in up in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, sounds like a good time. I think it sounds like a mega time. So that's that's something we're planning next week. But for yeah, here, like I said, we won't go too much detail in it. Well, like I said, all it shows is uh, Tommy Dreamer and Sandman and Taz all appearing at this event. We'll dissect them all next week. Absolutely. Um, we then get ECW fan cam footage of Stevie Richards and the Blue Mini getting confronted by a New Jack and getting beaten up. Yes. Um because they came out as the public enemy. Yeah, which is touched on in the promo following. And I started off thinking, what are they doing? And by the end, I was just like, I'm sold. They've got a valid point. <laughs> um, it's, it's a very strange... Um, partly it's a, a love letter to their friends... Partly, it's a burial. Yeah. Um, you know, making jokes about Johnny Grunge getting drunk and fucking up and having to come out of rehab again and falling off the wagon and uh, all of that. So it's 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 pretty snug as as kind of um, shots go. Yeah. Um, I don't know quite why ECW has suddenly got an issue with Public Enemy. I don't know if there was something in the newsletter at this time. I don't know if there was a shoot interview at this time. I don't know what it is, but they are taking shots at Public Enemy. You know, we've, we've had the gangsters who, you know, are team ever. ever in ECW. Uh, and then we had a couple of other kind of nudges about them. And now we just have flat out... Joey Styles said something in commentary as well about, um, you know, you know, we acknowledge Public Enemy used to work here. Um, cheers for your time. Yeah, it was what it was kind of thing. Almost like sort of saying, cringe, these guys were here. Um, we can't change the past. Joey, it felt, it didn't feel... Apologetic, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it, it, as in apologising for the fact that they were ever a part of this organisation, kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really um, odd setup. It's a very odd place they seem to find themselves in. Yeah, with this, um, I don't know. They 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 seem to uh, have it have a little bit of beef with the public enemy, and and I'm not overly sure why this has suddenly become a thing yeah but the promo itself basically Steve and the Meanie were standing there obviously and they say if Raw can have a fake Diesel and a fake Razor Moan why can't they be the public enemy if watching Nitro and they got a fake Sting why can't they be the public enemy which was brilliant I, I liked it I thought it, sort of like, it felt like a checkmate kind of promo you think, yeah, well, I suppose if you want to be the public enemy, why can't you be the public enemy? Yeah, I mean, you know, if they could be anyone, why be the public enemy? Why not be... Super Destroyers. <laughs> no, in, in the tag team thing, they're an obvious person to parody. Yeah, they're relevant, but there's, they're known. There's, other, there's other tag teams they could parody, and I wonder if we'll see those soon. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so that, that happened. 
Um, we then got Tommy Dreamer, Terry Gordy, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams versus Brian Lee and the Eliminators. This match is clipped, but he gave you a little tease of the Miracle Violence versus the Eliminators. Not bad, but not special. Just clipped. Uh, I'm I'm underwhelmed by how they've done with uh, Dr. Death so far. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he just feels... Um, coincidental, yeah, almost at the moment, and I don't understand quite why. Um, it's it's almost as if they've got to use the footage because of whatever reason, because of time, time TV time, or whatever. But they're not yet ready to introduce him, so they kind of have him there, but just hope no one notices that he's there. But again, like we've said about debuts and sort of things like that, I, I just felt if it was me, I mean, obviously there's a promo after this match, jumping forward quickly, where basically Terry Gordy's talking about it and Dr. Death doesn't say anything. It just zooms in on his face. Yeah, I staring at his eyes. I would have started the show off of that. You know? And yeah. It's been like Dr. Death in action tonight, something. Cause, and I would have given him some form of an entrance. Yeah, it, it's, it just felt very. You've built up Flat. this guy, built up this guy. He's coming. Taz is scared of him. Blah blah. He's coming. He's coming, and they just beat it back down every time. No, Taz isn't really scared of him. Um, he is coming, but his highlights of a match he's already had, and yeah, it just felt like up, 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 down, down, down. And it just yeah, yeah, it's just um, disappointing. Match yourself, like I said, not awful. It's clipped. It's hard to get a real feel of it. Bits I saw, I enjoyed. I felt like they all interacted well. Eliminators and Miracle Violence. Looking forward to seeing highlights of their actual match. Um, Brian Lee, Tommy Dreamer. I, I still, every time they're near each other, it does nothing for me. So that probably affected me mentally. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, interesting that uh, so far... They will only call them um, Williams, uh, Doctor Death, and, and Gordy. Yeah. Rather than uh, Miracle anything Violence. more. Yeah. 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 Or Williams and Gordy, or yeah, they, it's the names rather than Miracle, miracle Violence. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of yeah. Again, it's sort of been if it's a social media thing, it would have been. Huge, but um, yeah, so that happened. Then, like I said, promo from Terry Gordon, Dr. Death, talk about the Eliminators and zooming in on Dr. Death's face of him not blinking, flinching, saying anything, just doing it. We then saw, sort of saw the debut of Spike Dudley. Obviously, highlights of Bubba versus Devon. I say highlights, it was a highlight. And uh, yeah, Spike appeared and jumped off. You didn't really see his face or anything about him. You just know there's a, a skinnier, crazy Dudley <laughs> around. I was going to say scrawny, but it sounds harsh. But it, it sort of felt like the way they'd describe him, though. The run to yeah. the litter. You know, he just, he just, he was there, but he didn't, like I said, he didn't really know anything. He wasn't introduced properly. Just Spike Dudley appeared. Yes. 
he sort of jumped off and he's like, Ugh. so be good to see, you know, the evolution of him. And then was it a couple more promos before the end? Yeah, so there's the Shane Douglas promo. Yep. Um, he's been in the Pitbull's gym, uh, you know, spoiling for a fight, and they weren't there. <laughs> um, so he's going home now because he's done his workout. Um, yeah, just, yeah, not much more really. Nothing of, of that jumps out, nothing of, of like weight. Yeah. Basically takes us to the end of the show. Like we said, next week week we are heading over to WWE. And we might have a little look at Nitro as well. Just a quick glance, see how Jericho's getting on. Because I know his face is Arn Anderson. So, yeah, might be worth a little glance. But we'll see how the Extreme alumni are getting on. And the current Extreme, as they invade... WWE, we want to see what happened, try and get a bit of backstory and find out where everything going along with that was. So, should be an interesting, different style show, hopefully. Yes. But, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see because, you know, this is this is the beginning of, you know, the early parts of the Attitude Era. Um, so, we'll, we'll be seeing that kind of slightly weird bit yeah. in between where... Um, uh, they're um, they're they're not quite cartoon, but they're not quite attitude. Hundred percent. So that'll be it's be fun. See what we can both find and and share with each other. Um, thank you very much for listening. This is Sports Reading Extreme Rewind. If you enjoy and want to follow us on social media, simply search at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. That is us. We do things. Get involved with things and join the conversation. Also, if you want to support the show, like, subscribe, share, spread the word, watch the shows. You know where we're at. Join in, have your opinion, and we'll read it out. Leave us a message on Anchor. We will play it. And also, zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena. Check out some of our um, merchandise. If you wish to buy a shirt, support the show, please do. That's pretty much it. That's it. I'm Paul. That's Jay. Thank you very much. Next week. Bye.